0: Oh my gosh. Hi, guys. What is up, my dudes? It's Justifiable. Again, back at it. This feels weird because I haven't talked yet.
1: <laughs> Usually I like intro with you and then I was like, I'm just going to let you do it this time because <laughs> I don't feel like it.
0: Guys, we have hit some like really cool markers in just that we're sorry dating. about because yeah. we haven't been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of happened not overnight, but over like a week or two. Um, which we don't check that often, just to be honest with you guys, that um, we've hit over 200 people subscribed or at least watching our uh, episodes. Listening. Listening listening to our
1: episodes. So so we have some kind of updates about that. First of all, I want to update that we are working on our space. Uh, It is almost done. It is a bit echoey in here. I don't know if you can hear that on the recording, but we should hopefully get some sound foam in to... Uh, kind of dull that down uh, But for right now the walls are pretty bare Just because we're painting still um, uh, Another reminder that I had Is that you can now sponsor or donate to us At anchor.fm.com Where our uh, podcast is originally uploaded And my, pa- my page Our Patreon page That I've been working on Is getting close to being able to be A uh, published for people to view where you can officially like come and see uh special content and and updates and things that you wouldn't otherwise see on like uh spotify or anchor Anchor or any of those places so Um, i think that's
0: that's all i got you're gonna start hearing probably um a sponsorship at the beginning of the videos. yeah 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 just because we've started kind of getting those in um, so I'm sorry that you now have commercials you're forced to listen to, but it helps us out to continue doing what we're doing, even though we don't get paid in the first place. But now we do, so that'll be nice. Um, but yeah, and so this is kind of our special episode of hitting 100 follow like, subscribers or listeners. Yes, we're going to try and um, make a two-hour video, I yeah. think. Um, which a lot of it is probably going to end up just being conversation. And- because,
1: yeah, we always get through these super quick. Mine are a bit longer this time, though, because I took more time to, like, get the full story because they were uh, cold cases that were eventually solved. So I tried mm-hmm. to take the time to, like, go through all the, like, steps of the cold case.
0: Oh, okay. See, I didn't do that just because well, no, that's okay. I was looking at... People, and I was gonna have like four people and I just couldn't find what I wanted on two of them that I was really excited about. So I just have two. Um... But I think that it'll be a lot of fun. And, of course, we ramble anyways when it comes to this shit, so you're going to be used to it. It'll just be a little longer. Yeah, it was funny, too,
1: because one of the ones that
0: I'm doing, I literally finished, like, five minutes before you came over. (laughs) Because I never
1: come on time anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you were, like, about two hours late, but that's okay.
0: Uh, almost. I'm here before the two-hour mark.
1: Yeah, but by, like...
0: four Four minutes
1: minutes. (laughs) whatever that's okay I'm here (laughs) you were having breakfast with your mom so I'm not like mad about that and it gave me time to do this because otherwise I wouldn't have done the second one yeah
0: so we wouldn't be doing it right now so what's up sit back maybe clean your room and listen I don't give a shit what
1: episode is this by the way I think it's 11
0: is it 11 I think this is 10 mm. well because last time it Mm. was 9 I want to say oh okay yeah, I thought we figured Hi it guys, out. Hi,
1: guys, this is an episode. We're not sure which one.
0: This is a episode.
1: Oh, and by the way, because we always forget this, I'm Miranda, and the loud, obnoxious one is Amber.
0: I'll gladly take that side. That like, that like title, bitch.
1: Who goes first, by the way? Um. Did I? No, you went first last time, didn't you? Because we rock, paper, scissors over it.
0: Something and, like and that. And I think you
1: beat me. So is it my turn to go first? We'll go with that. We'll go awesome. with that. Awesome. I accept that wholeheartedly. Okay. <laughs> I like going first. It's my competitive streak. hmm hmm And the thing that I'm not competitive about really at all, so I'm not <laughs> sure why I feel the need to go first, but I do. It's just a habit. So the first person that I'm doing is Jessica Deshawn. So in Bullitt County, Kentucky, the family of the Deshawns is getting ready for the day. The mother and father get up the two younger brothers to drive them to school and check in on their still-sleeping daughter in her room. They leave her there as she has a car to drive to school and doesn't need to get up as early. Yeah. By the way, uh, stop me with any like comments or questions or I'll thoughts just that butt you in, have. I promise.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, By the way, their last name sounds like the dog, like Dishon or whatever. Yeah, it sounds like a dog. It's a dog or in the Dijon
1: mustard, that too. They are I think mustard. It's, I think it's spelled. That's not spelled the same way. It's Never not. mind. It's D i s h o n. Dishon. Yeah. Uh, so when Edna, the mother, got home at around one p.m., she noticed that Jessica's car was still parked in the driveway. But when she checked the house, Jessica wasn't home. <laughs> Uh, inside of the car were Jessica's purse, phone, and a single shoe. <laughs> On the phone were the numbers 9-1 and Jessica was missing.
0: I like that for one. The car isn't open. There's just a single shoe. As well as... She couldn't press the last one. Like, I'm right now not seeing a struggle. I'm just imagining there's, like, a shoe in the passenger seat, like, the phone on the dash. Like, for me, I'm like, how did you lose your shoe? First
1: of all, I will also say, so this is a, uh, you can actually watch this episode. This is a Cold Case Files episode. Um, Uh, I think it's on, I know it's on... uh, Sling? Sling, but I think it's also on Netflix, I could be wrong about that, though.
0: Uh, no, I think there's a Cold Cases something on Netflix. But it's
1: not... I don't think it's the same thing. I think on Netflix, there's Cold Cases, and on Sling, there's Cold Case Files, which are different. They have different hosts and different
0: yeah, there, things. There's similar things on Netflix, I know, because I've watched some, yeah, yeah. But not the same. Anyways,
1: uh, so on the phone the numbers nine 91 she was missing edna called her husband mike asking if he had seen jessica explaining that she wasn't home and then proceeded to call the school and any friends that might know where she was at also her work i didn't add that in i don't know why
0: well my question is if you didn't show up to school doesn't the school call your parents and be like this was in like 2002 yeah they still called your parents <laughs> i don't
1: know and she's 16 they didn't care i guess i don't know <laughs> School didn't take attendance. This was also that day. kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Oh, Okay, so they probably didn't yeah. call parents. Yeah, it was a very small town. Oh yeah, schools like that usually don't call it's parents. It's in Kentucky, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No for offense all you against Kentucky. Kentucky. I've been there. Um, so, Jessica hadn't even gone to school that day. The parents went to the police station to report her missing. The response wasn't great. The police said that she was probably a runaway, and her father said she wasn't a runaway with one shoe on and one shoe off.
0: Right, <laughs> and with nine eh.
1: one, the police told the parents to go home and wait for their daughter to show up, and that if she didn't come by the next day, to return to the police station.
0: Okay, she could already be dead in twenty four yes. hours. Like well, missing people usually have forty eight hours to be dead. Well, it's also
1: said that in the cases, the first twenty four hours is the most important, try- like time like, to try look, and find them. That's the
0: more. That's the most likely you're going to find anybody. In the and first they were like, "Yeah, she's a
1: runaway, even if there is nine one one and like stuff missing in her car and weird stuff going and, on, like."
0: If I run away and I am only wearing one shoe, I'm, I'm running away from something, not
1: just running away, away. for fun. Yeah. Um, every time? time we talk now, I just like lose my place.
0: Do you like know what kind of shoe it was? Like, was it a flip flop? It was kind of. I've so sneaker? in in
1: the uh, show they like show you a picture of the car and the contents. It was like a Converse type shoe. Oh,
0: that shit's hard to get off. Damn, that was a struggle then. Cause yeah. <laughs> Converse are a pain in the
1: ass. So they went back home and tried to move on with their day. The little brother, Chris, went outside to feed the dogs and came in not too long after, saying that he thought he heard Jessica's voice. Mike got his gun and went out into the trees just as his brother, Stanley, was pouring up in the drive. The two men went out looking for Jessica where they found Bucky Brooks, a neighbor, burning a bunch of clothes in the woods. They asked if they could look around the property for Jessica, but Brooks to- told them to get off his property.
0: He killed her! He killed so, her. Uh,
1: Chris also said that he heard Jessica yelling for help.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that if I, like, if you hear your sister or whoever calling for help, and then you go outside and somebody's burning clothes, and it it's like, get off my property, what are you talking about?
1: So the next day, the family goes back to the police station, and a couple of officers come up to the house to search through Jessica's car and room. Specifically, only two. Only two officers come up to look for, like, evidence. So they go through everything without using gloves, destroying any fingerprint evidence. So there's also um, they didn't take the car or anything either. They just took the evidence to begin the case. Uh, they have very few leads, but they only took like the stuff from in the car. They didn't impound the car like most cases would. So actually, a lot of it, a lot of the evidence was ruined because uh, there were like different reporters and stuff that came up to the car and actually went in the car. And looked around in the car, like, videotaping it and destroyed evidence by touching it.
0: Yeah, I would say that probably because of the year and just, pro- it was probably inexperienced cops. I would say that's probably, because she's obviously dead. And I'm assuming that, you know, somebody, and this was a cold case, right? So it was never, like, they never found out who did it. It was cold case for a time, and then it was, it was reopened, that's right. And it was solved. But I would say that's probably why it took a while for it to be solved. Just because, just dumb people doing dumb shit.
1: Pretty much. So, the family, feeling desperate, start looking again for Jessica. Stanley suggests that they look through the river bottoms. Uh, They went looking, and partway through the trip, the nerves of just what they were looking for, got to Stanley, and he got sick, having to be taken back home. They found nothing when they were out there. So a couple of days later, Bucky Brooks was back on his property burning clothes, and due to a burn ban, Mike found it to be the perfect opportunity to get the police to search his place for evidence. Officers investigated and were suspicious, using cadaver dogs to search the fields and home, and picked up a scent at Bucky's fire pit. However, it wasn't enough to arrest him.
0: I think So it was on a pair
1: of gloves that he was burning in the fire pit.
0: Well, yeah- I, I would say that would be enough, not to maybe impound someone, but to, like, take them for questioning. Like, why did a cadaver they, dog hit your fucking gloves? They did
1: not. They said it was not enough to arrest him.
0: Not arrest, but you could, like, take him for questioning.
1: Because they couldn't prove that it was Jessica's. It could have just been blood from, like, a, like, maybe you were wearing gloves and for some reason chopping vegetables and you, like, cut yourself. You know, so they, they couldn't have enough evidence to take him in to question him. Uh, so clearly frustrated mike called the fbi so they responded saying that the only time they can get involved in a case is when the police department invited them or one of the parents did and he so this is a really great part on the show is that he says well i'm mike Disjon, jessica's father and i'm inviting you in uh so the fbi come and start on the case they searched the brooks farm again and found a new piece of evidence a picture of jessica
0: Oh, so it was Brooke's home, and it was a picture of Jessica? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. So on September 27th, 1999... So it was 1999, not
0: 2002. uh, 17
1: days after Jessica's disappearance, a woman drove over a bridge at the river bottoms and spotted something leaning against a tree. Oh, no. The FBI come to investigate, and the body is unrecognizable. They decided it was likely that she was held captive for 72 hours before being killed. Her body was missing four fingers... Her jaw was broken, and there was rope tied around one of her ankles. She died by strangulation, and the FBI called the mother to the River Bottoms to see if she could identify
0: the body. That is so... For one, why is she missing four fingers? Like, I will let you know. Okay. I was like, specifically four. Not the hand, but, like, just four fingers. Um, as well as, like, that's really shitty. Yeah. But like, it took the FBI getting involved. They...
1: Yeah, and they couldn't, they could not, she was so decayed that they could not tell who she was. So they were hoping that her mom, like, Good. so they they called the family and the father could not bring himself to go down mm-hmm. and see it. And Edna, the mother, was like, if this is my daughter, I want to know. And she went down and there's actually, so she rep- she actually talks on it about this part. And she sounds so broken up and she's like, I went and just fell to my knees and started crying. You couldn't tell who it was by her face. Uh, but she was identified by the butterfly tattoo on her side.
0: That's That makes me mad because we obviously, like, you can almost basically tell who did it basically at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. As well
0: as, like, the police officers were like, it doesn't fucking matter now. Like, the evidence is the story is we didn't do anything right. So the dad had to call the FBI only for it to be 17 days later that their daughters found unrecognizable Definitely dead, missing four fingers, as well as, like, they still haven't caught the guy. Like, that's super shitty. As well as they were looking around that area, and she wasn't there at that time.
1: So the police went back to Bucky, and he said he saw Jessica walking up the road the day she went missing, but that he was alone with his wife, which she denied. She said she wasn't with him. So this happens several times where he says something for, like, an alibi, and then the people that they talk to that he says he was with are like, that's not true. He wasn't with me so they gave him a polygraph test and he failed it yeah he was charged with murder and was facing the death penalty the defense pointed out that the evidence of the case had been mishandled for example body parts are supposed to be kept frozen but the police department admitted that they hadn't done that leading to mishandling the evidence
0: they just the evidence from day one
1: the case but. ended when the polygraph test was mentioned so a detective, when asked why they were in court, said that it was because Bucky Brooks failed the polygraph test. So for those who don't know, polygraph tests can not, are not admissible in court. They're uh, uh, circumstantial evidence at best. There's a
0: lot of science proving and disproving them. It's, it's one of those where they, it depends on who you are. They can either be very right or very wrong, and you can still f- fail a polygraph test telling the actual truth.
1: Yeah. And so basically, once you bring a polygraph test up...
0: Into court, it's dismissible because it's not actual evidence because it could be faulty.
1: That ruined all evidence and any lead they may have had on Bucky, and he was let go due to a mistrial. So basically, and I heard the interview, basically he brought that up, and the judge immediately stopped the court and dismissed everybody.
0: Yeah, so if the polygraph test wouldn't have been brought up, he probably would have been impounded
1: (laughs) and put for death penalty. Yeah. So in June of 2012... Thirteen years after Jessica was murdered, the sheriff department hired Detective Lynn Hunt. Her job was to look at cold cases and Jessica's was the first. There was barely any paper on the case. There were no names. There was no birthdays or people that they had talked to. Like, they did no evidence on this case. They didn't, like, record anything that they had done.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, if you've mishandled all of the evidence, like...
1: Yeah, it was just... It was bad all the way around. So she went to the family house and was invited to look through Jessica's room. In a hat box was the evidence from the car that was returned to the family. She looked once again into Bucky and found his mental evaluation. It stated that he had an IQ of 61 and should never have been given the polygraph test. So for those who don't know, an IQ of 91 to 115 is average. And when you have someone with an IQ that's lower than that, they can't fully understand the questions that you're giving them. And they therefore don't know the answers really that they're giving. So... He had an in- inability to have done the murder because he was just too stupid to have done it. And he had an inability to for the Answer. polygraph test
0: to work on him because he was too stupid. He didn't know like what the questions were. So you could be like, is this like, did you go to the mall and see a yellow duck and in the like, store?
1: Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. He wouldn't know. You could he basically convince him of having done, done something that yeah. he didn't
0: do because you could word the question in a way that he doesn't understand.
1: So later, a prison informant was said to have information on the case, saying that he even knew who had killed Jessica. So they had an interview, and the informant said that the person had had her for a couple of days and did the mutilation to make it seem like some drug dealers had committed the crime. That's why she was missing fingers. Mm. Uh, The killer was upset because she had a relationship with a boy her own age and had started dating, and the killer refers to the boy as a bastard and Jessica as that little bitch. Then he said that the murderer was Stanley Deshawn the uncle. Damn. Stanley tortured Jessica in a barn near where she was found, and at one point, back when the family was searching for her body when they went out searching and he got sick, they, he got physically ill because they were close to the body when searching. They were 200 yards from it. Damn. Uh, and when he got sick, he then advised Mike to just quit looking. So, which, of course, it doesn't, when you don't think of him as the killer. You're like, that makes Yeah, that makes sense, sense because he's like, you know, this is just going to hurt you if you find her quit looking. Yeah. Like, let the police and the FBI do their job. Yeah,
0: because you don't want to find her like that. Yeah. So,
1: uh, one of the best clues was that the informant told Hunt that some of Jessica's things, like the missing shoe, were buried under a fallen tree near the scene of the
0: crime. So. Why does this guy know all of this? Because.
1: Uh, Stanley told him
0: Oh, okay, I was like this They, guy they, was in, they were in jail like... together Oh, uh, okay Uh,
1: so Hunt and Jessica's brother went back to the river bottoms and started to dig But were forced to give up So on the way back, their brother pointed out a barn Saying that Jessica used to go there and party Because it was a local spot They went to go investigate and found a piece of material that turns out to be a sheet That looks a lot like it belongs on Jessica's bed The killer had taken Jessica right from her bedroom
0: and then left shit in her car?
1: Uh, she had tried to escape using her car. Mm. Stanley had been abusing Jessica for years. He would come when everyone was gone and rape her. He came that morning and she told him that she had had enough and that she would tell her new boyfriend what was happening. Stanley was afraid because he knew his brother would kill him if Ward got out, so he knocked Jessica out and broke her jaw, wrapping her in the sheet and taking her to the barn. For three days, he tortured her and helped the family search for Jessica while he held her. Hunt told the family and Mike uh, sorry. Hunt told the family and Mike said that if he had done it, he wanted him to face the death penalty. Uh, yeah. To further the case, Hunt asked other female family members about Stanley and found three other people whom he had raped, one even fainting at the mention of his name. Stanley was charged with rape and murder of Jessica, but the other charges were dropped for the sake of minimizing trauma for the other victims. Yeah. He pled guilty for four counts of rape and one murder and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. So at this point, because it was so many years later, there was a statute of limitations and they couldn't charge him the death penalty for rape because it had been so long. Yeah. To top the cake, when going back through the case files, Hunt (laughs) found a letter from the same year that Jessica went missing of an inmate informing the police that Stanley had killed Jessica and giving as many details as the other one did, but the police hadn't listened.
0: I would be a very upset father.
1: Well, because police informants tend to be, you know, kind of sketchy. Sketchy, but still
0: like you can look.
1: He had given so many details about the case and had said who had done it and they didn't even look into Stanley at the time. So he could have been given the death penalty the same year or Bucky could have been given the death penalty falsely and Stanley could have never been charged. So the police, in my opinion, fucked up hard on this case.
0: I feel like the police definitely should feel like shit for the rest of their lives for that one. <laughs> like that, that's how I feel about that one. Because that's just dumb. Like that should have never even gotten that far.
1: So were you totally like fixed on Bucky Brooks the entire time? until I the Stanley? About it.
0: Well, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, it definitely seemed like it would be Bucky.
1: Yeah, everything pointed to him to start with. Yeah,
0: because it was, like, he failed the polygraph, and then when the polygraph was brought up in court, and I was like, well, it wasn't solved, so, and there's really, like, no super hard evidence against him, Mm -hmm. besides maybe, like, the gloves and shit, but, you know, could have just cut himself, because he's dumb. But, I don't know. I think that, yeah, I kind of, I, I really thought it was him. But after kind of hearing, like, he wasn't charged. Because you can't charge someone for the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. So I was like... Double jeopardy! Yep. You can't double jeopardy him. That's why I was once he said, like, he just got... The case was dropped. I was like, what are they going to catch him on if it's him?
1: Because they can't. So also some added information. Because of the trauma of everything, the parents actually end up divorcing. And uh, so there were... This was the biggest case in that state since like 1880 and uh there were lots of billboards around at the time that was like where is jessica because or no it was like who killed jessica because he believed somebody knew about it because it was a small town yeah. so he was like somebody knows some something and like isn't telling anybody about it yeah so and he didn't want the case to like go under the radar so he like he went on interviews and like he like went at the police in these interviews all the time he was like they're not doing their jobs they're doing shit
0: to like find my daughter which i mean i feel like he has every right so yeah, yeah. Are like you shouldn't bash the police and i'm like if you've ha- mishandled evidence from day one and we all know you've mishandled evidence i'm gonna shit talk you all i want because you're not doing your job yeah so i feel like that was definitely something that uh they deserved okay what's yours so, mine, I'm going to start with the one that's really hard for me to pronounce. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his name is Sergei Tkach, and he was, his middle name is so hard, it's uh, Fedorovich. Fedoro- Fedorovich. Fedorovich? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's who um, that's. He was born September 15th, 1952. He actually died last year in November, <gasps> but... Recent! <laughs> yeah. So when he was younger, he served in the Soviet Army, and he claimed to be a veteran of the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Uh, He worked as a police criminal investigator for the Kemerovo Oblast, where he was recommended for admission to a Ministry of Internal Affairs school until he was caught falsifying evidence and forced to resign. Oh. Afterwards, he worked numerous different jobs before moving to Ukraine, SSR, in 1982, where he began working again as a police criminal investigator in... Dnipropetrovsk uh, region in that region so the murders he did um in 1984 a young woman like basically a bunch of young women and girls like were noticeably beginning to disappear across the kharkiv oblast uh the zaporzya oblast and the dnipropetrovsk and krimnia so, sorry again for, like, Yeah, sorry for pronunciation. books them yeah. all wrong, uh, but in eastern Ukraine. So, he was killing so many people that they were noticeably disappearing. Oh. And uh, they were disappearing near where he lived and worked. He targeted female victims between the ages of 8 and 18. They would be raped, suffocated, and then after they were dead, he would perform necrophiliac, like, acts on their bodies. So, he would basically Aww. rape them again when they were dead. Not cool, man. Um, And he used his police knowledge to mislead others investigating his killings, such as choosing victims near railway lines recently treated with tar to throw police
1: dogs off his scent. See, this is a thing, too, that I find so interesting is that he's so close with all of this Mm -hmm. that it's like he could be looking for himself in his cases and that kind of thing. And that just that blows my mind to me because it's like people know that in high standing places is where... Criminals, specifically Hide. like psychopaths, tend to be mm-hmm. so psychopaths, sociopaths. Yeah, it, it just like it still baffles me though that like mm-hmm. this happens.
0: Oh yeah, in August of two thousand five, he attended the funeral of one of his victims, where, oh, where children no. who were also attending claimed to have seen him with the victim shortly before her death. He was arrested at his home in Palahoy uh, and admitted to his crimes, claiming claiming to have killed over a hundred people. Cramming. That works too. Whatever. He crammed them <laughs> into his dick, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but he claimed to have killed over 100 people until his arrest and demanded the death penalty.
1: Oh. After a one-year trial... Yeah. Sorry to just, like, interrupt, but that's something I hate. Yeah, I did it. Kill me. I hate it. Kill me. And yeah. I'm like, fuck you. If
0: that's what you want, I'm gonna give you life imprisonment. okay? You get to live with everything. Right. After a one-year trial in 2008, a tribunal in Diproterovsk. Sentenced him to life imprisonment for the murder of 37 women and girls over more than two decades. Um, Over the years, 15 men were wrongly jailed for some of the murders of which Takach was found guilty, one of whom committed suicide, and the other was not released until March of 2012. Oh, that shit. That sucks. So, um, a 2018 Netflix document titled Inside the World's Toughest Prisons, which I actually watched all of it, like, all... the episodes of it, revealed that he actually... So, I'm not even going to read what I have on here. So, in jail... He's been in jail for years at this point. A young 20-year-old woman who would listen to him talk about his murders and stuff like that And when he was interviewed actually fell in love with him and they got married while he was in jail. What? And he's like 66 when he was married. Oh. And she actually... Uh, over in Ukraine, they get a three-day conjugal visit, which is where they could have sex. Um, and they live in an apartment with, like, actual knives. And when she was asked on the show, like, they asked her about it. He was like, you know, he, like, he could kill you. And she's like, yeah, I really don't care. He hasn't. Oh, my God. And he thought, like... She should be taken to a mental institute because there's something not wrong oh yeah. with people like and that. And he, uh, Tkach, even admitted that he... Like, he's thought about killing her. He's like, I could kill you one day and love you the next. Like, that's just how it is. And she actually ended up uh, giving him, like, a kid. Like, birthing a kid of his.
1: But why?
0: But, yeah, she was so infatuated with him after, like, reading an interview in the media.
1: But, god see there's a there's a difference like i feel like some people when they talk with us about this kind of thing they're like what is wrong with you people that you're so interested in this but it's like interested in the mindset not like like, inf- I wanna like i'm, I'm infatuated with the like the way that they think and why they do what they do yeah like not I'm with not them over
0: here like wow they're so attractive and the way to kill people is so sexy i'm like I want to know why the fuck you're doing this because it's interesting. Like, I wanna and know, I can't imagine doing it myself. Yeah. I want to know what gets someone so angry that they will stab someone 47 times because that is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that's a lot. Uh, but he, <laughs> I love the way you say that. He died in prison number eight of uh, Zitjomir where he served his sentence on November 4th of 2008 at 7 p.m. local time. The cause of his death was heart failure and he was buried... Uh, by the prison staff as none of his relatives like claimed the body. I would I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. Um but yeah, he fathered a kid in prison and he he had no remorse for what he did. I he don't doubt even, that. Yeah. He had even uh he had told the host of Inside the World's Toughest Prisons that he's like if I got out of here I would do it again. He's like I feel no remorse. What's the point of being remorseful for Then why did he want to die? Why did he want the death penalty? Because he didn't want to just sit in jail for whatever no reason. But maybe he
1: wasn't going to get life in prison. Like, what, was he Was he for certain that, mm-hmm. like,
0: being... Oh, okay. He, he knew it was going to be life in prison because okay. he was claiming to kill over 100 people. Yeah, but kill, sometimes, rape, sometimes that happens and they're like, eh, 20 years, there you go. Yeah, but he, he was for certain. And at that point, he... Really was just like, all right, I've had my fun. Kill me. Whatever. Why didn't they Why didn't they give him the death penalty, do you know? Uh, because of kind of what you said where it's oh. like, no, I'm just going to leave you in a rotten prison until you die. Mm-hmm. Because of what you've done. Because people yeah, were still afraid that if he got out, he'd go right back to it. And that's why they locked him up like that.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, so I have two sides to that. I certainly, like, for me, think... To some extent, for me, it's kind of justice for him to, like, rot in a cell for the rest of his life because he wanted to have the death mm-hmm. penalty. But knowing that he doesn't feel a lot of remorse probably doesn't – like, him being in a cell probably doesn't mean much to him. But also, it's like, by giving him the death penalty, you don't have to pay for that prisoner.
0: Yeah, but over in Ukraine, um, they actually had really – their prisons were really, re- like, free roam. Oh. Because it's so war-torn over there that the prison didn't hold very many prisoners – and a lot of them, like, got along, like, they would farm on their own land, stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, with his conjugal visits, like, when he was in the cell that they were talking to him in, um, he very much looked like a caged animal. But when it came to more so, like, his conjugal visit, because the host went and actually met his wife. And mm-hmm. had, like, talked to her with him. And um, he looked very happy, like, at that point, because he got to marry someone, and he's got kid, and... You know, whatever. He's hes very content with living his life in prison because it's not... I hate that. It's not like some of the other episodes on there where it's very, very harsh. It's almost like they're so low funding over there that, I mean, housing a prisoner doesn't change much of the cost of it anyway. hmm So. Okay, wow. It's crazy. So my
1: next person is Shannon Siders, and you'll find that this case is a lot like the last one. So, on July 17th, 1989, Bob Siders kisses his daughter, Shannon Siders, goodnight as he leaves for his job at the Pepsi plant. So, he does a night shift. Uh, Shannon, who was 18, had plans for the evening and went into the the woods with a group of friends to a regular hangout spot known as the Hole in the Woods. The next day, July 18, 1989, her father reported her missing. At first, the police did nothing, saying she was 18 and may have just gone off on her own to see her boyfriend or do some other thing teenagers were likely to do.
0: Which is pretty, I'd say that's a good thing to just be like, well, she could be doing all of the shit. Because it does say she went to, like, a hangout spot, so yeah. it's very plausible, I would say. Bob
1: Siders didn't think that sounded like his daughter, and while the police did nothing, he printed out missing person flyers and went door-to-door asking for his daughter. A tip was called in saying there was a Shannon at a drug house in a town not too far away that was hiding from her father and didn't want to come home. So this is like months later also. It's not like in the same day. Mm. Uh, It's a small community and the police thought how many Shannons could there be like hiding from their overprotective father. The police decided not to tell Bob Siders to start with because Shannon is an adult and was suspected of acting on her own volition. Mm -hmm. So at the time, Bob would go out into the woods with his dog and search for his daughter or any clues that may lead to explaining her disappearance. 2 months after, sorry, 2 months later, a man found two ID cards and a pair of jeans along the road leading into the woods. The ID cards had Bob's name on them, and he told the police he had given them to his daughter but couldn't say if the jeans were Shannon's. Investigators finally went to the drug house to talk to a Shannon there and found that it was the wrong girl. Damn. Her decomposed body was discovered that October, so 3 months later, By a hunter in the Manistee National Forest, so it's the same place that she went to go party. Police said she had been brutally beaten, and the killing blow was blunt force trauma to the back of the head, and the case was ruled a homicide. There was also evidence of rape, as her underwear were around her ankles, and her shirt was pulled up above her chest, and there were signs of mutilation on different parts of her body.
0: Hmm.
1: One clue they did find was that her class ring was missing, and she never took it off, and it wasn't at home in her bedroom. Oh. So her father set up funeral arrangements and said he had a hard time picking the ones who would walk her casket out because he believed whoever killed her knew her. He had all cousins that were female walk the casket out. Some of the people and friends who knew her asked if they could write letters to Shannon and bury them with her. Because they were made out to Shannon, no one read them beforehand.
0: I feel like the thing is, is even if it's like something like that... I feel like you still still should go through letters. Like, if your kid obviously was killed, and people are like, can we, like, like write letters and bury them with her? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Read them. <laughs> I would read them. Like, I feel like that was really dumb. Yeah. That was extremely stupid on the dad's part. So profilers
1: in the case explained that the crime was most likely sexually motivated and had something to do with either drugs or alcohol. They also assessed that it was probably more than one person that did it and that they, too, were most likely teenagers. It was thought that one of the eight kids that were in the woods with her knew something and just wouldn't come forward or were too afraid to say anything. Well. The kids in the woods with her were Jenny Stevens, Norman and Billy Shields, uh, Ricky Gomez, John Evans, Clint Guthrie, and brothers Paul and Matt Jones. It's
0: one of the, I feel like it's one of the two, like, brother pairs. mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of them. Okay. I feel like it's one of the brother pairs.
1: Not like any of the, like, couples?
0: No. No. Because so, usually brothers tend to do shit like that together.
1: All eight people enough. told the same story to the police. Ricky picked Shannon up at home at around 10 and they went to the hole in the woods and drank beer together. And then Shannon was taken home by Paul and Matt Jones.
0: Fucking called it.
1: <laughs> the brothers were questioned and told the police the exact route they took to take Shannon home and even said they saw someone in her house when they dropped her off at around 1am. Police gave them a polygraph and it was determined that they were being truthful. When no one knew When no new leads came up, the case went cold for 22 years. Damn. Bob Siders kept looking all that time for his daughter's killer.
0: I wonder if it's the Gomez kid.
1: (laughs) Just randomly? Well, because
0: the brothers took her home, but if they're like, Oh, but in the one that picked her up. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking, well, he picked her up, but they took her home and they said they saw someone in the house and they said they were being truthful on the polygraph. So I'm thinking it might have been the guy who picked her up. Mm -hmm. It's a brother pair or Gomez. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Amy was one person that also never stopped looking. She was working at the police station as a secretary when she was 15 at the time of the murder. Damn, I want to have that job. So she wasn't really a police officer. She was just, like, interning there. So during one of her shifts, she received a phone call. There was a male voice on the other end that seemed excited and was shouting into the phone. He said, I just killed Shannon Siders. (laughs) And then hung up. It's Ricky. (laughs) She told the detectives, and they looked into the call, but nothing ever came of it. After that call, she never stopped looking for who might have made it.
0: Did she not take the number? Can they write it down?
1: Uh, I don't think that was a thing, then. Mm. Because it was from a phone booth.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that wouldn't have helped.
1: The police made a Facebook page for Shannon Siders to try and find evidence, and Amy became so involved in it that people thought she was running the page. Uh, There were numerous death threats and people threatening to find her and kill her. So on the Facebook page, a girl named Stephanie reached out and said her own family might be responsible for the death of Shannon Siders. There was a lot of abuse and incest within the family, and Stephanie tells Amy that there's a house near a lake that has a creek running under it, and that Shannon was raped there by several people after being drugged. She was apparently kept there for a couple days before being taken in a van to the woods where they ran her over. Damn. So nothing to do with the kids in the woods. This is a completely different family. So Stephanie takes Amy to this house near the lake. When finding the house, Amy thought she must have found the place that Shannon was murdered. She called the detectives and they came to search the house, being told that Shannon was kept in the basement for several days. But nothing came up. There wasn't even a basement. Because there's a stream running under it. Under the house. Like, you can literally... in the. So this is another Cold Case Files thing that you can watch. Oh,
0: is it one of those where... It's 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 a raised raised house. house There's a
1: literal creek creek running under it. it. Yeah. So there's no basement. This girl's crazy. She's telling shit. Telling lies. So police went to one other place. The last clue was the letters that were placed in the casket with Shannon's body. They like... hoped that whoever killed her, since they suspected that they the killers knew her, would have left a note saying that they had done it in her casket.
0: Like, damn. They dug
1: up the body and read the letters, but none had any clues. Okay. Nobody wrote anything in the okay, letters.
0: cool. I was like...
1: So, I will say all the letters were from her friends, so the people in the woods with her that were saying things like, you know, how much they missed her and all the happy memories they had with her and how sad they were that she was gone.
0: I still think it's one of the brother pairs or Gomez. Okay. Um, I won't give up. Oh. Stop that
1: computer. (laughs) They did, however, find hair in her left hand. They tested the hair and it was her own. She most likely tore out her own hair when trying to escape or sobbing while being raped. So the detectives did more rounds, talking to more than 400 people. This leads them to Julia Littich, a friend of Shannon's. Julia and Shannon had plans on the night that Shannon went missing. They were going to get together a little after 10, and because she lived so close, she walked to Shannon's and knocked on the door. For several hours, every half hour she knocked on the door worried for her friend she knocked from 10 p.m to 3 a.m and didn't see the jones brothers at one ah, i fucking called it next they talked to lindsey bradley the girlfriend of paul jones she said that in paul's ashtray there was a class ring she confronted him thinking he was cheating on her saying you're asking me on a date when you have another girl's class ring he responded with let's face it she's probably dead <laughs>
0: i was right
1: who says that? Let's face it, she's probably dead. dead. I, like, as his girlfriend, I'd be like, what? Is dead? She's dead? I'm confused. So Amy was told the, that a woman named Jenny knew something about the case. Jenny told Amy that she was D- with Dean Robinson that night. They weren't with the group in the woods, but they were driving around that same area. They came across the Jones brothers parked on the side of the road. Dean gets out of the car to talk with them. The brothers say they are looking for a girl, and Dean tells them he hasn't seen her. He drives off with his girlfriend, none the wiser. At that point, Shannon had actually been in the car, and managed to escape and run for her life, the brothers giving chase. They got to her when another car pulled up. It was Dean and Jenny again, stopping because they thought someone needed help. Shannon was lying on the ground next to the car, and Dean gets out to try and help her. Paul Jones manages to kick Dean and Matt, comes after him with a hammer. Seeing no other option, Dean fled back to his car. So he actually tells his girlfriend, because she's like, what's happening? He's like, uh, they're g-. he tells her that she can't tell anybody and that, he, that the brothers were going to take the girl to the hospital. And so they don't tell anybody. I'll, I'll get to that, actually. Yeah. Um, so the real story is that she went to the party in the woods and when asking for a ride back. The Jones brothers offered, but they didn't take her home. They took her to another place in the woods where she got out of the car and ran for her life. They caught her and took turns raping her. With all this evidence, the police were able to arrest the two brothers for the assault and murders of Shannon Sider. Uh, Matt Jones was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without chance of parole. Paul Jones was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 30 to 75 years in prison. The couple that saw Shannon's murder never said anything because the girl was underage and the man wasn't. But they were together anyways, so it was illegal for them to be together. Mm. So they kept the secret to avoid being arrested and for fear that the Jones brothers would
0: come after them next. I fucking called it. I was like, it's either brothers or Gomez. So,
1: still, who the heck says, let's face it, she's probably, probably dead. dead? Like,
0: I don't mm. understand. I would be really suspicious, like, she's probably dead. I'd be like, why? Why would she be dead, huh? 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 Why <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> but I. Uh, As soon as there were two sets of brothers, I was like, it's got to be one of the sets just because it's been actually like a historical thing that all throughout anybody that's been uh, been in a group of people and there's usually brothers and she ends up getting raped and kidnapped. It is almost scientifically in a theory uh, proven that it is most likely going to be the brothers because brothers tend to act together, especially in um, more rural areas. Mm hmm.
1: Well, so I do remember in the beginning of this case, they kind of went against that because a lot of the friends, like the girls in the group that were in the woods said that she never would have gotten in a car with them because she was afraid of them.
0: Yeah, but when you need a ride home and you're you're out there and if nobody else is offering, like, a shit. What are you supposed to do? Call your overprotective dad? And be like, hey, by the way, I'm I drunk. know you're at
1: work, but I'm drunk in the woods.
0: I'm drunk in the woods with guys. Please come pick me up. I mean, most people nowadays are probably like, uh, yeah, you, I'll take that ass thing. But I mean, like, back then, no. And it's, I don't know that I would.
1: I I think I'd call, like, a friend before that and be like, hey, by the way, can you
0: just come pick me up? Because I'm afraid of my dad. Well, yeah, same, but. So, yeah. I would say that's, I, I called it. I fucking called
1: it. They were very similar, both of those. Uh, and they they're are. both they're so very sad because he was, uh, he was like, I can't remember if his wife died or they divorced really early and he got custody of Shannon, but she was his only kid. Mm-hmm. And he talked a lot about how he was sad that she never got to grow up because she wanted to be a mom and she would have been 43 when he, the interview was done. And that she probably would have been a mom and he would have had grandkids but he would never get to experience that because yeah. somebody had killed her
0: yeah I think that's like my one fear with like kids or like having kids is that it's like I want them to go out and experience life and like have a good time and like just do shit that they want to do and like make memories but I'm also just like mm, please don't that's why you have more than one as backup yeah as backup <laughs> children Um, so my last person is Amelia Elizabeth Dyer. Um, she was also, she got married, like, and she was hobbly for, like, 60 years. Um, but she was actually one of the most prolific serial killers in history, murdering infants in her care for over a 20-year period in Victorian Britain. Wait. Do I know this? I might know this. Keep going. All right. Um, But she was trained as a nurse and widowed in 1869. She turned to baby farming, the practice of adopting unwanted infants in exchange for money, in order to support herself. Uh, She initially actually cared for the children legitimately, in addition to having two of her own. But whether intentionally or not, a number of them died in her care, leading to a conviction of negligence and six months hard labor. She then began directly murdering children she adopted, strangling at least some of them and disposing of the bodies in order to avoid attention. Mentally unstable, she was committed to several mental asylums throughout her life.
1: <coughs> disease. Sorry. disease. My dad was sick recently, and my throat has been hurting, and I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> um, if I'm now sick, I will murder you in your sleep, and I hope you know that, okay? I have a murder podcast. I have no qualms against it. Granted, guys, <laughs> if my dad dies recently, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me.
0: Because um, I love him, and I wouldn't kill him. Despite suspicions of, like, feigning being... Uh, unstable and she survived at least one serious suicide attempt mm. so she actually her downfall came when she bagged the course of an infant was discovered in Thames and uh, the evidence leading to her she was arrested on uh, April 4th 1896 tried for the murder of infant Doris Marmon and hanged on June 10th of 19 or 1896 at the time of her death, a handful of murders were attributed to her, but there is little doubt she was responsible for many more similar murders—possibly 400 or more. Wow,
1: you pick—you always pick people that have like a high murder count. I've I actually noticed. didn't
0: know she had a high murder count until you—you you unsuspectingly pick
1: people, people with a high murder,
0: murder count. Yeah, um, but she was dubbed the Ogress of Reading. She inspired a popular ballad, and her case led to stricter laws for adoption. Also, I don't know this case, so sweet. Um, But she was actually born the youngest of five, with three brothers, Thomas, James, and William, and a sister, Anne. That's always why. You're the youngest. You're neglected. No, not really. (laughs) I'm the youngest,
1: and I'm most definitely not neglected. You are, like, almost spoiled.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm the favorite. Whatever. Whatever. Um, But she lived in a small village of Pile Marsh, just east of Bristol. Now part of Bristol's bourbon sprawl known as Pile Marsh, just spelled differently. (laughs) The daughter of a master shoemaker, uh, Samuel Hobley and Sarah Hobley new way wow. you don't have to pay anything to have high heels <laughs> she learned to read and write and developed a love of literature and poetry however her childhood was marred by the mental illness of her mother caused by typhus ah yeah That's amelia sucky. witnessed her mother's violent fits and was obliged to take care of her until she died obliged i say obliged, how I obliged. she was obliged, obliged
1: to take care but of her I mother <laughs> i you said that word and i was like wait What are you saying? Like, what are you trying to say? She felt
0: the need to take care of her mother. Uh, And she died, like, raving in 1848. So she basically had a fit and then died. Oh, great. Uh, Researchers later commented that the effect this had on Dyer and also what it taught her about the symptoms exhibited by those who appear to lose their mind through illness. That's why a lot of people think she was faking being mentally unstable and why, like, her suicide attempts weren't actually real. Oh. Oh. Um, She had an elder sister, Sarah Ann, who died in 1841, aged six, and a younger sister also named Sarah Ann, who died in 1845, aged a few months. Why would you double name your kids the same name who both died? Why? Um, An elder cousin had an illegitimate daughter at the time who was later accepted as the daughter of the grandparents, Dyer's aunt and uncle William and Martha Hobley. After her mother's death, Amelia lived with an aunt in Bristol for a while before serving an apprenticeship with a corset maker. Her father died, uh, her brother inherited the shoe business, all of that. She married George Thomas. Um, little did he know. Little did he know. Um, they both actually lied on their uh, marriage certificate to reduce the age gap because she was 24 and he was 59. Oh. It was 11 years. He took, nine, or he took 11 years from his age and she added 6 years to her age on their marriage certificate. Oh. Um, But she was a nurse. She was a midwife. Um, Yeah, she would starve, like, farmed out babies to save money. And even to, like, hasten deaths of these, like, small children. She would burn them. Oh, my God. She would make them sick with a syrup, like, containing opium. Oh, this is just not good. Uh, I have a story after this, by the way. That's okay. Um, But she would actually put them on so much medicine that they would be on a continued narcoticism, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, And then she would uh, take it away from them so they would get the shakes and then die because they didn't have any food in their... Uh, System stomach. to try and, like, fight the... Yeah. yeah, to fight off, you know, anything, basically. But, yeah, she was fucking crazy. She, like... She... Yeah, she's fucking insane
1: Yeah Wow So the story that I wanted to tell was that uh, So my dad's girlfriend Rebecca was in the military Mm -hmm. She was a medic And uh, so when we were in Mexico once She got really drunk And she kind of told me some of the stories Of like being in Afghanistan where she was stationed And it reminded me of it because I can't imagine how horrible the lives of those kids would be because, like, she had told me about how, uh, like, guilty she felt because she couldn't save a lot of kids in the war because there were a lot of kids that were, like, thrown in fires and that kind of thing that she had to euthanize because they weren't going to live, but they were going to live, like, the next few days in a lot of pain. So she euthanized them to, you know, save them the pain. So... Yeah, that's just horrible.
0: That's so sad.
1: On another point, uh, something that I think you'll find very amusing. My dad uh, like likes to watch Married at First Sight because he likes to watch the train wreck occur. <laughs> and one of the couples, the guy was paired with a girl that wasn't his type, like visually. And she loved him, of course. And he kissed her and then told her that he was repulsed by her and felt dead inside. He used those exact words. He said the kiss repulsed him, and he felt (laughs) dead inside. And I was like, oh, my God. Why would you say that to someone? He's 31, too. And he told her he was dead
0: inside. (laughs) Kissing you makes me feel dead inside. If somebody ever tells anybody that- I would cry. I'd be (laughs) like, what the fuck? What
1: did I do? You could put it more eloquently than that. You You don't have to tell (laughs) me that you're dead
0: inside. You can just say, what? Like, you know, this isn't working. Maybe we should be, you know, just friends. friends. Or not even friends. Like, I just don't want to be with you. There's a difference between that and, like, kissing you is repulsive and I'm dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Like, You make me
1: hate my life within seconds.
0: Oh, God, that-
1: I want to start the questions, because we're only an hour in, so we have a
0: full hour of whatever else. Oh, God. Sorry if we ever repeat questions, like, in different videos on, like, YouTube or anything like that. It's hard to find juicy questions, guys.
1: So, if you could spend one day in someone else's shoes, who would it be and why? If
0: I could spend a day in someone else's shoes, who would it be and why? I would... I would want to spend a day in... The shoes of probably a psychopath. No. A killer. Just because. No. Um, probably a very, I would want to do it in one of like the starving countries of just someone who struggles there. Just because I want to know what it's like to really be like that in poverty to then grow from it. Because it's, I'm there for a day and I'd be learning about a culture and
1: just and seeing the daily struggles. Yeah.
0: yeah, Of what it would be like.
1: Um, if I could be in the shoes of somebody, so I'm going to change it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't have a definite answer. I would say either my mom or my dad and back when, like before I was born. Yeah. Uh, and I would want several days (laughs) simply because, so backstory, my parents divorced and there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about it that I'm very curious about because they just don't tell me about it and I want to (laughs) know. So, you know, to better understand their decisions and how they feel about things. So I would want to, like, pick either one of them and, like, spend just months or years in, like, watching their lives.
0: Yeah. I think part of me wants to, like, spend a day almost in your shoes just to see what, like, you go through (laughs) when you're, like, making art or, like, your kind of thought process when doing things or how you see (laughs) some people and how you see, like, the certain, like, way of life versus how I see it. Yeah. I think that would be definitely... That would be, be interesting. Easy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cuz we I think we have like two very different views and lives.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's something that clashes. I think it's something that like when I look at a piece of like literature or art, I could just see scribbles and you're like, "Wow, that took a fuck ton of time. I appreciate what you've done." <laughs> like
1: I appreciate the effort that you took to do this.
0: Yeah. I think it'd be cool to see like kind of the different uh way that you see life and oh. versus how I see it. Well, I'm honored that you would say that. Thank you. Okay, your turn. Um What's a job you would be terrible at?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have already experienced this, <laughs> um customer service. So, and the reason behind it isn't because I'm bad with people. Yeah. It's because I'm bad with working in a place where nobody wants to work. Uh so And that seems to be a lot of customer service jobs. So, and it's also, I don't like a routine in my job. I like a routine in the fact of like, I wake up and I do this first thing and that's how I get my morning started. I want my job to be diverse because I get bored too easily. So in a job that's customer service where I go to like a store or a restaurant and I do basically the same thing every day with people that don't wanna be there, kills my soul.
0: Yeah, I would say it's almost the same thing here. It's not even that I'm
1: terrible at it. I would just hate my life and therefore then be terrible at it because I wouldn't put effort into what I was doing.
0: I think if it was hating my life, it would be customer service. Still. just be- I've worked in customer service and I've worked in customer service for years, but the one thing I really hate about it is that people don't appreciate what you're doing and why you're there. Oh my god, I agree. And so people are always like, there's always jokes like, oh, well, I came I here for food when you're and done. not your attitude or anything like that. But it's like, okay, but I'm still working here. And if I, if nobody worked at McDonald's, well, you know what? Fuck you. You're not getting your stupid ass nuggets. So appreciate that I'm here for you. So adding on
1: to that, uh, I used to work at Village Inn and a woman came in one time. So I'm very much in the like uh, thought view that, you know... They don't have to serve you. You are going somewhere for food that you don't have to make. And they are, like, making sure that you have a good time kind of, like, not having to work for it. Yeah. And this woman comes in kind of in the morning for the breakfast rush. And she wants to sit in a booth near the windows. And so I, you know, was like, well, this seat is available or that seat. And she didn't like the other seat. So she sat in, you know, the other one. And she then calls me over. And I'm not her server either. I'm a hostess. And she asked me if I can move the blinds down because the light is like, you know, on her side. And I'm like, well, I can't because the blinds that are doing that, there are people sitting there and I would have to ask them to get up. So I can't, you can switch sides of the booth because you're by yourself. And she like refused to do it. And she got really pissed. She was like, I don't want to be on the other side of the booth. And I'm like, then you have to deal with the light. Like, I can't do anything about it. There are people sitting there.
0: Like, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I was at IHOP, and I was working there as a waitress, and I have this table, and I I am generally a really nice person when I'm at work. Outside of work, I could punch you in your face and not give a shit, but that's just who I can be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm usually fairly nice, That I try to give people what they want because, you know, I work there. And... This one guy kept asking for like a drink and kept saying it's the wrong drink. And I had the soda changed, I fucking fixed it all. Um, And he didn't want it so much so that he was like, I'm not paying for this. And I was like, okay, let me talk to my manager because there's no way that I can actually take that off your order for you. Um, So I got my manager and she's like, no, like we're not doing this. He's he's getting what he's asked for. It's like, okay, cool. So I go back and I let him know very politely, you know, I can't take this off of it. It's only $1.75 if you want. You know, I can get you like an extra strip of bacon. I'm just trying to make him happy so I don't have to deal with him. And he takes his plate and he slides it down the table. And once it gets to the end, he kind of tips it and throws his food all over me. And I was like, I didn't want to freak out and yell at him. So I just looked at it. I got, I got it off the floor and I walked to the back and broke the plate. Oh my God. I was so pissed. And he's like, you're the worst server I've ever had. Blah, blah, blah. Called me a bitch. Called me so many other things. I had food all over me and he tried to walk out without paying anything. Mm -hmm. And so we had to call the cops and it was, it was one of those where like, just be grateful that I'm even serving you. And like, I tried to bring him other drinks and I just wanted to slap the fuck out of this guy. But yeah, be grateful for your servers, no matter how shitty their attitude can be. (laughs) They don't want to work there, and they don't want to serve you. I think something I'd be terrible at would be, like, something with math. (laughs) Oh my god, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do math. I may want to go into the medical field, but I don't want to do math. (sighs) Uh,
1: So if you're going to bury a
0: time capsule, what would you put in it? If I was going to bury a time capsule, I would probably put down... Some, like, I would probably make a, like, list of the friends that I had at that time and just memories, like, bullet points of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, probably little tokens I got from, like, vacations or friends or whatever. Um, money for my future self. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Nothing that would rot. Maybe, like, a flower, but. I would probably put in my diaries
1: and um, some, like, maybe a small, like, painting or a sketch that I did. Maybe a sketchbook. Um, some different, like, pictures from my trips with my family, probably something like that.
0: Yeah. I don't do diaries because I just tend to just talk out loud and then I'm over it, but...
1: I actually, the first diary I got or, like, journal was from my grandma when my parents divorced because I was very upset over everything, and she was like, I know you're the kind of person that doesn't want to talk to other people about it, so here's a journal. Talk to yourself about it. <laughs> and I was like... This isn't going to happen ever. And then I ended up filling it within like a year. Like before the year was over and got a new one.
0: Oh, yeah. I always wanted to be that person that could write everything down. But my mind thinks... This is also why I don't write stories. And I never, I've never, i never been able to actually finish anything. I finished one thing. One. <laughs> and it was my senior year when I finished it. But um, it's just... I, My mind goes faster than my hands or my typing or anything or my mouth can. So I'm like do i'm writing a whole story in my head or like writing what i want in my head and it sounds really good and then it's on paper and i'm like what (laughs) what (laughs) what is this i hate
1: everything about it
0: yeah that's why i don't write anything i can't draw i would do that but i can't
1: (laughs) so i don't draw out my feelings per se but okay
0: well i can't like i can't i know some people do though i guess yeah. Like, I don't know them, but I know that people do that. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. I don't know. I don't have a good outlet for my feelings, so I just talk about them.
1: Well, I mean, that's good, I guess. You probably should talk to other people about your feelings simply because you get feedback, and that's probably better than just, like, stewing and talking to yourself about them.
0: <laughs> Not even anyway. I just talk to myself, and I'm like, okay. Nobody else knows about that. I'm like, my blankets know. They know that Brenda's a bitch, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh ah. What is the most annoying habit that other people have? There's too many. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, manners, manners is always a thing for me. Manners and respect, uh, and I don't like. It's kind of hypocritical of me because I know that like other families and where you grow up depends upon like your manners and the things that you grow up to expect. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you don't follow what I expect, I have an issue with you, okay? And, like, you don't even have to know that I have an issue. I just have an issue with you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, you know, like, not holding the door open for people. Or when, you know, like, I hold the door open for people and There's they don't no say thank, thank you. Because I say thank you to everybody that does that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even my own parents and, like, siblings, I'm like, oh, thank you. Even though sometimes I hate it. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, like, it bothers me because you're just, like, avoiding human interaction that way I think yeah and being mean about it
0: yeah I would say most annoying habit would have to be manners like that as well as I just think I really hate when people open shit and don't close it like if you open my goddamn door close my goddamn door (laughs) if you're gonna open the fucking cereal close the fucking cereal oh my
1: goodness like I feel like my best answer for pet peeves are like they have to be specific about somebody because they're different for everybody. What is
0: my pet peeve that I have that you hate? <laughs> you can tell me it's not going to affect whether uh, I do it or not.
1: Yeah, I know it won't, <laughs> and that bothers me too. That's another pet peeve of mine about you. Uh Again, probably the, the manners and respect thing. And it's just because we grow up in different households. And I understand that. Yeah. Because I understand that there are different things when I come to your house that you don't care if I do. Or you kind mm-hmm. of expect me to just do them because it's yeah. not... I don't no, have like, to ask first. You met your
0: grandparents? Yes.
1: And when you come <laughs> over, because I don't do those things that I always ask you about them, for mm-hmm. some reason in my mind, I'm like, well, then she knows that when she comes over, she can't just do what I can do here. That's why I, do like, here.
0: I don't go through, like... Your but, like, when kitchen. we first met,
1: oh, you did. And, I like, the first thing I, I thought was, like, what the fuck are you doing, okay? You're
0: not allowed to do this. Oh, yeah.
1: No, for me at my house. It doesn't bother me so much now. But it, it definitely sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, I'm just, like, what
0: are you why? doing? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I feel. I can get that, that way. I don't know. I think when we first met, I definitely. <laughs> Your grandparents hated me. <laughs> Oh, God, that was bad. <laughs> but then again, it's just definitely the way we grew up. Yeah,
1: it's very different. And mm-hmm. I've kind of learned that that's, you know, when I first met you, I didn't really understand that. And so yeah. it, what you did really bothered me. Oh, yeah, but yeah. now I'm, I've
0: am i kind of gotten over it because I'm like, eh, we grew up differently. It doesn't really yeah. matter. And we've had conversations like this where we just are like, yeah, this is what your life is. And this is and what my life. Yeah. And now we see like the very different
1: yeah, and you do things and they irritate the shit out of me. And, and we know that. And you do
0: things and irritate the shit out of me. But we get yeah. over it. Yep. This sometimes sometimes it's
1: just about also, this is what I, I love about our relationship too, is that I can be like, by the way, you have just irritated the shit out of me. I want you to go home right now because I just don't want to deal with you. And you're like, okay, <laughs> bye. I'll see you later. And I'm like,
0: okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't ever take it personally anymore because there are some things where I'm like, Ugh, and my eyes roll into the back of my head. And then I'm like, It's whatever.
1: Yeah, because I mean, and I think it's just that we have like a meter of how much we can be around each other Mm -hmm. because we're both strong personalities that eventually we're like, you just need to leave because like, (laughs) I can't stand being around you anymore. I just need a break.
0: Right. And it's one of those things where like some days we can be with each other like every day. Like a week.
1: We can be together for a full week. And then the next day we're like, I can't stand (laughs) you anymore. Please get away.
0: Get the fuck out. And then for the next week, we can't like see each other like for more than 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, there's some days where we hang out just to do this, and then we're like, okay, bye, and there's I'll some days... I'll see you next month! <laughs> yeah! Know. Or it's like,
1: okay, hey, come over the very next day, I want to see you again so we can hang out.
0: Yeah. And that's just what I like is that we're very, like, I can't see you for a month, and it's like, okay, what's up, dude? Next time I see you, like, perfectly fine. Yeah,
1: we kind of get over our shit. <laughs>
0: Real fast.
1: Well, I think it's also because we, like, come to each other about our shit when we have it with each other. We're like, <laughs> by the way... Don't ever do this
0: again. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, yeah. So, I love this question because it's really weird. What feature of mine, personality, or physical do you find most attractive?
0: What feature? Like, personality or physical? Or physical.
1: You can choose, or you can do one of both.
0: Uh, I'll just do one of both. I think about your personality. I like that even though you can be <laughs> uptight as fuck sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> you can let go and just, like, say the most random shit and just, like, have a, like... Really good personality basically about it. Um I just love that you described even though you can be uptight as fuck.
1: <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. It's like I know
0: that about me, but thanks. Um and I'd say physically, I think you have really pretty eyes. I think they're a very pretty thank color. Yeah. So
1: I think everybody else thinks that too about me, and that's what I love. <laughs> um personality about you. I think Something that I love about your personality is that, again, you have a very strong personality. And I think I like it because it reminds me somewhat of myself, but we portray it different ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that you don't really care what other people think or say. Like, you care, but not in a way that a lot of other people care. And I appreciate that because I'm real tired of other people. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's that. (laughs) And then a physical... Nothing, no. (laughs) Nothing. Ugly. (laughs) (laughs) You are ugly as fuck. Goodbye. Um, I really like your smile.
0: Thanks. You're
1: welcome. (laughs) I feel too weird saying it, though.
0: That's okay.
1: Pick another question.
0: Uh, What skill would you like to master?
1: Uh, Anything? Like, I just want to master something, okay? (laughs) Um honestly so there's double side part of me wants to say math because it's such a struggle and the other part of me wants to say like writing or art something that I'm really into but again math because like
0: (laughs) That's it's, a whole it's, so it's so hard, hard
1: <laughs> for me like you can say it, like literally unless it's simple I don't understand it and I'm not sure why I'm not sure why it's so hard for me but it just is and it it makes my life horrible because everybody's like if you don't know math you're an idiot <laughs> even though everybody in school has issues with math other than those few that we all want to punch and kill
0: <laughs> that got like a 36 on their ACT first fucking try like screw you guys okay okay <laughs> No, I would say I would want to master a language. Oh, well, yeah. Just because I feel like for math, I was good at math when I was little, and I just give the fuck up now. What the? I was too. <laughs> I was good until it hit, like, geometry.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then basically every, like, every teacher was like, wow, you fucking suck at math. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I used to be
0: good, thank you very much. I used to do- Your words don't help version. me. <laughs> right. That was basically- entire
1: life. yeah I was good at long division and then mm-hmm. we just like we stopped having to do it that way and could just do calculator and then it would come up on the test like years later when we have to do long division I'm like shit. I don't even remember how to do this what are you taught and they're like you should know this by now I'm like for five years since then I have not needed to use that I've used a calculator <laughs> why do you think this of me
0: oh yeah and I feel like there's two different types of people there are the people that are good at like math and science and they can't write for shit There are those people that are really good at, like, writing and art and shit like that. And just...
1: Math and science, not their thing. And that is me. (laughs) Me. Uh. It's your turn, I think.
0: No, I just asked what skill you'd like to master. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, What's the strangest place you've ever gone in the bathroom? In the woods
0: by a cave. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were going to this thing really late at night where you're supposed to... Like, there was a cave way back when, Mm -hmm. and... It's not there now? I don't know. I haven't been. (laughs) (laughs) It was just way back when. Way back when I was little, and it was really muddy, and that was the whole point, is I think, like, the school just did a cave night, and we all went to the cave, just whoever wanted to show up, and I remember I tried to do the pop and squat, and it didn't go very well, (laughs) so it was just all over me, and I was like, fuck it, mud! So I was like, if I smell weird, it's the mud. Don't question me. Aww. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I saw, like, six other kids do the same thing. So I was, like... Well, By the way, my dog is whining
1: outside the door, so... He's so, been shut out of our space, so he's just kind of...
0: He's usually shut out of the space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
1: the weirdest place I've ever gone to the bathroom... Um, it was in Utah. When I was little, I went on a hike with my family. So that was, like, my dad, my sister my dad's sister and her wife, so Mm -hmm. my aunts, and their kid, Emily. And Emily had to go to the bathroom, and Emily and I were very close. So we were miles from a bathroom, and so we were trying to – I think, like, dad and Barb took us, so my dad and my aunt, um, to, like, walk back while the other people went and, like, looked at stuff. And uh, so I didn't have to go, but I said I had to go because I wanted to go with Emily – and then, like, halfway through that trip, I had to fucking go. <laughs> and so it was in the middle of, like, nowhere. There really weren't trees. It was desert, and there were other people around. And Dad was like, just go over to that log, like, pull your pants down, go to the bathroom. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> not happening. But then we started walking more and I was like, I can't hold it. And he's like, go to the freaking bathroom in the sand. And I'm like, no, it's mm, no. And Emily was like, I really got to go too. And I was like, Emily, I need to go to the bathroom. I want to get back to the car. <laughs> and we eventually just had to like sit down and take it. <laughs> do it because we were like oh my god we're gonna like shit and pee ourselves if we do not do this right now
0: this is how you also can see the difference of how we grew up is i was like fuck it i just gotta go to the bathroom and you're like my pride will not let me go there were other people around yeah there were other people in a long ass line to the cave and i just went by a tree and was like i have to fucking pee
1: yeah but there were trees to at least somewhat block you we were in the (laughs) middle of a desert there were like small bushes cacti and fallen weird dead trees okay there weren't like trees standing so it was a bad time i don't even remember if i really went to the bathroom or if i just like held that shit until we got back and it hurt
0: oh gosh if you had an unlimited funds to build a house that you would live in for the rest of your life oh my fucking what would the finished house be like Amazing. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Um, so my finished house would be in the Smokies in the mm-hmm. mountains um, with like 45 acres, like lots of land. I don't want to live near people <laughs> with a town that's like, you know, maybe an hour away. And it would have like a small like garden, vegetable garden and like some farm animals so that I can kind of sustain myself. And the house itself would be like two stories at most, mm-hmm. maybe three, like just one attic like room. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like an art room with a window. Kind of, yeah. And it would just be very like rustic, I guess. Like wood and uh like wood floors a lot just a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of wood, but some like more like metalish type uh like Decor. accessories, yeah. Um I'd have a big kitchen and I would have lots of pillows and lots of blankets i would literally if i could build it myself i would make a floor that like went in and just make it like a pit of blankets in the living room with a tv and i could just be like this is my home and i would sleep there every night forget the bed in the master bedroom i would sleep here i would live here Mm -hmm. and the the bathroom would be fucking amazing because i love to be in the tub so i'd have a jet tub that was big enough for me to like lay in
0: like, if I drown, a pool. I am happy.
1: Yeah, in a fucking pool. I'm having a pool.
0: It better be an indoor. It will be. I was like, because cleaning leaves out of that shit is going to be... Well, annoying. and it's also
1: going to be really cold, mm-hmm. so it'll be, a, like, a heated pool. <laughs> that, if I had unlimited funds, that's what that would
0: be. I don't know the location of my house, just because I haven't really figured out... I mean, with the job I want, it would have to be in the city, but if I couldn't... If, if I didn't have to do that, um, I would want it... Kind of out in the woods. I don't want to live near people. I want it to be a good 30, 45 hour drive into town. Um, I want a really nice kitchen. Um, I want a really big living room. I want like a two story house. Um, I don't really care if it's wood or not, it doesn't really matter to me. Mm -hmm. I just want it very cozy and something where I probably won't have a garden just because at this point in my life, I don't like vegetables. I would I like, probably also have a shed for hunting. Uh, I would like to say that I would be a hunter, but just because of the way I've grown up, I you would expect me to be. But I just the people I had in my life, I wouldn't be a hunter. I would have knives and axe, axes and stuff like I could defend myself. But I would mostly probably like buy my meat and whatever mm-hmm. I needed to cook.
1: My thing is, I would probably live, choose to live off the land, and that's the only reason I would hunt. I don't condone hunting for sport. I don't even really like. When people go hunting, when they have the choice of, like, you know, buying their Mm -hmm. food from, like...
0: A market.
1: I don't know why it makes a difference to me, because the cows and stuff that you buy the meat from are still killed. But they're not shot, I guess, is the difference. Yeah.
0: I think for me, I would want to live someplace that has, like, a market and not so much a Walmart.
1: And I guess it's also hypocritical, because I would then go hunting for them. But I would live in a place... That I literally lived off the land. Like, I wouldn't, like, I would have to drive like an hour to go to town to get food. So, I would just try and make it to where I can self sustain by
0: myself. Yeah. I'm hoping that when I get older, I'll like vegetables a little bit more, but I like raw vegetables. Like, that's my thing. I, salad, I don't, I put I don't like,
1: I don't like canned mostly, or like, mm-hmm. I really don't like frozen vegetables.
0: I don't like frozen vegetables. I really don't like canned unless it's in like a spaghetti sauce. Um, or anything. I'd still probably prefer, like, fresh tomatoes. I like raw vegetables. I don't like them put together in a salad, but I'll eat it, like, separately. You can pay me for things for my garden. Or I could have my own. And,
1: yeah, but then you can get fresh-grown, like, raw, good vegetables. Yeah, Because my cucumbers get, like, a foot or more.
0: We could just live together. (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing, too. But... Like, maybe, like, house big enough that I don't have to see you sometimes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh boy. I'll, the other the two the, the hunting the hunting wall. shed will also be like a miniature home so that when I need to leave I'll just go there. <laughs> we'll have two houses that are
0: decent on the same land. <laughs> yeah, on the same land. It's like a 5 so we, minute we can drive come see to each, each other. other's house and we can have dinner together, but some days it's good to have a long time because basically the house you want is kind of like the house I want, because I don't want to be But not in the place
1: that you want it. I've never been to the Smokies, so I might want it in the Smokies. Yeah, but if I want to be an hour from town, you're going to have to have an hour drive commute to work every day to get there and back. Yeah. And that's like, you know, a long, long shift to
0: have to have. That's actually not bad, because driving to work, I mean, yeah, I have to wake up early, but I already wake up early enough now in my everyday life. That I have, and then it's just the hour drive back, which you can hit cruise control for a little bit. Which you
1: don't! You're, I do! You're, I've been working on it! Your hour drive would be five minutes, because you would just be speeding 100 drive, down
0: the road. My hour drive would be 45 minutes, because speed limits <laughs> don't matter when I'm me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they do fucking matter, okay? Um, I'm not sure how you haven't been arrested.
0: I've got pulled over, but I've never got a ticket. Thank you.
1: So, do you have any strange or unique phobias?
0: Um I don't think any like strange or unique. I really don't know. The phobia just kind of pops up when I when I get near it, I guess. I think for me, my one of my biggest phobias is to like throw up and then choke. Oh? (laughs) Because I've actually had that happen where I had eaten rice. And you know you get that drainage in your stomach so it makes you throw up because you have nothing in there. Mm -hmm. It's mucus. Um, And I had thrown up. And since I had eaten rice like the day before, it was still there. And rice came up and got stuck in my throat. So I was dry heaving and trying to throw up. So I couldn't breathe because it was just stuck here. I wasn't having to throw anything up, but I couldn't breathe. So I was choking on rice. Uh, That's really gross. Thank you just, for telling me this story. It's okay but that's my phobias I, I that is that that would have to be my phobia that and falling from extreme heights and getting stuck nowhere but that's a pretty pretty rational thing
1: I mean I don't know that it's all that strange but I'm 18 and I'm still afraid of the dark.
0: I'm used to that by now like anytime you come over or I come over the light it doesn't bother me at that point.
1: Well so but I have an actual reason for well, it though a lot of, is the thing too yeah. but some yeah, but it's different. So I have like night terrors and stuff yeah so but that's rare so it's a better excuse than like what other people have okay
0: Yeah, I'd say you have like one of the better like excuses I guess for like being afraid of the dark. I think for me, I the only reason I never got afraid of the dark is just because I always just put the blanket over me anytime I was terrified or I'd wake up terrified and I was like, "It's dark. You can't see me either way, bitch." Yeah, I would do that too, but then I'd be like, "What can I see around me?" <laughs>
1: yeah, I I, like, I I feel I just, more uncomfortable when I'm out in the open in the dark.
0: Yeah, I would rather that's like for me just one thing that I have is I don't like having my back to open areas. Like if I can sit by a wall or in a corner, same yeah. Just because I'm like, someone could come up behind me and, like, stab me, and I wouldn't know. I'd have to be, like, looking in my spoon to see them, and I'm not like, that? <laughs> Looking in
1: my spoon. <laughs> okay, another pet peeve of mine, really random, but made me think of that, is that my dad... So, he asked me what I wanted for breakfast this morning, because I had foot surgery earlier this, like, last week. So, he was just being helpful. And I just said I'd have leftover dinner, because I'm not a breakfast person. And it was, like, 10.30 already anyways. And so, he made me... Uh, The chicken tikka masala, which is, like, a rice chicken dish. And he gave me a fucking spoon. And I, like, it felt so weird. I haven't eaten from a spoon in, like, years. Because I just prefer, like, forks. forks. And I have a soup. I use a fork to eat what's in the soup. And then I drink the soup. From the bowl. Yeah. So I was like, what is this? And he's like, what? And I'm like, you gave me a freaking spoon. And he was like, well, what did you want? A knife? And I'm like, no, I wanted a freaking fork. (laughs) And then he didn't give me a fork, so I just ate it with a spoon, and that bothered me.
0: Now, I think one of my things is, it used to really bother me, is when pe- people would leave the TV on when we were going to sleep. Because noise used to really bother me, like, mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. Now that I'm so used to you know, being over here. <laughs> You're and, welcome. And that, that, like, noise from YouTube doesn't bother me, but if it's on, like, a TV or a movie, my brain is like, we must watch it, even though it's dumb. I'm like, why? I distinctly remember (laughs) Did you hear
1: my my dog groan outside the door? (laughs) And he's like... "Mm."
0: (laughs) No, I distinctly remember it being three in the morning. (laughs) And I was down the road at a friend's house staying the night. And they had the TV Fucking blaring. You know the end of the movie credits where it just has the fucking repeated music? Yeah. It was that. And I had to go pee really fucking bad. And I couldn't sleep because of the damn loud ass TV. And everybody else is asleep. And I couldn't go to the bathroom because if I flushed the toilet, it would wake the baby up in the next room. I was like, what is this household? (laughs) And so... You're supposed to
1: fall asleep before you realize you have to go pee. (laughs) Right.
0: And so I biked home at three in the morning, assuming my parents wouldn't be awake. And they were. And they were like, you know you could have died. And I was like, you know what? I had to pee. It would have been worth it. (laughs) I would pee and it would have been. Would have been worth it. It I was like 10 and I was like, I have to pee so bad. It would have been worth it. I can't. (laughs) You're the next question, right? I do. (sighs) What do you consider to be like your best find? Your best find being like an object or a song or a movie. Oh, I was like,
1: I don't understand what you mean by that. Um... My best find—a snake in my backyard, names that my friend and I named Zez from when we were really little. It let us pick it up and pet it. <laughs> That's my best find because it was like it has a good memory with it.
0: Uh, I think my best find is the iguana mm-hmm. that ran up my neighbor's big ass tree, and I remember looking up and being like, "You are not supposed to be here." <laughs> and my mom's like, "What?" And I was like, there's a an iguana, and she's like what and I was like there's a big ass lizard in the tree <laughs> <laughs> and she went oh, what and then my neighbors were tracing it from big tree to big tree because it would go off the other side and run on the ground and go up the other one and we had to have like three ladders put together to get up this tree um because all of the branches are super high up and so these teenage boys in a truck Kind of see us struggling, and they pull into the driveway, and they're like, what's going on? And we're like, uh, there's a iguana let loose, apparently, in the neighborhood, and it's in the tree. And they're like, if we catch it, can we keep it? And I was like, we don't give a fuck. Sure. So they caught the iguana and took it home, and we haven't heard about it since. <laughs> so I'd say that's my biggest find, is being like, there's an iguana. And she's like, what am I? Big-ass fucking lizard in the tree. <laughs> So huh. if you
1: knew today was the last day of your life, how would you spend it? So say you knew beforehand. So like yeah. you didn't wake up today and go somehow I know this is the last day of my, my life. life. If yeah. you like knew a week knew beforehand. You were dying. Yeah.
0: Um I would
1: But it wasn't like a terminal illness to like that would keep you from doing stuff. Leave. Like for some family. reason
0: you were just like today I'm dying. My body will shut down today. <laughs> no, I would actually probably spend it doing something like this and just hanging out with like some Starbucks and like some really good food. With like Aww. you and just hanging out, I feel that's like that sweet. would be that's not that my would answer. But that's sweet. Well, no, because I would want to like go and like do adventure stuff and yeah. like do some pretty cool shit, and then come back and just do something like this and mm-hmm. have a nice end to the day and just go to sleep and die. Okay, <laughs> preferably not next to you, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you you
1: don't you don't get to spend the night that <laughs> night. Okay, you got to go home by like nine. I'm not watching you die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was at till
1: like eleven fifty nine I'd be like, Goodbye. And I'll be like, wait, what? And yeah. I'll like, be like, wait, what? I'll just tell no. you. <laughs> Not, just okay. Not okay. Not <laughs> okay. Um, so my parents and I haven't always had the greatest relationship and my mom and I don't have a great relationship right now. So I mm-hmm. probably would have spent like, the couple of days beforehand writing notes to them so that I could, like, fully explain out, like, my feelings and stuff because I'm better at writing that than I am, like, saying okay. it because I get sidetracked and I get emotional and they sidetrack me by saying things and I don't get to say what I want to say. Yeah,
0: and then at that point it's like, just, fuck so you, I'm upset. So
1: then the day of I probably would have spent the day hanging out with them and then just, like, telling them in a, in a short term, like, you know, even though we had ups and downs – And I've, like, really hated you, and, Mm -hmm. like, I've been disappointed in you uh, that, despite that, I still, like, I still love you guys. Yeah. And I would have definitely... So, for those who don't know, I have a... I have several siblings, but my sister, that is my full sister that lives in this state with me, has a son, and he's, like, the light of my life. I love him, and... I would definitely go to my sister crying and tell her that I would regret not being able to uh, live to see him grow up because he's only three right now. So I would be super, super upset over that because he's kind of like my own kid. And I just, I'd be sad about not being able to watch him get older and make his own fucking funny mistakes. I would say that's
0: pretty. Accurate. I would. I used to be that person when I was very like suicidal that I would like want to leave notes for people and let people know. And at this point in my life, I just tell people what I think. Besides, if I feel like I'm gonna get slapped for saying it, that I would probably tell them on the day before I die. But <laughs> <laughs> there's, I just would tell people because I feel like hearing it from me. Because the way I say things, like I probably wouldn't word it right or make them feel nice for what I say, but. I feel like I would just say what I have to say and then live the best way possible because I know that if I'm dying there's no way for me to turn back time or for them to fix what they did either way Mm -hmm. so there are some people I just be like fuck you you're a horrible person and there are some people I'd be like I forgive you and it's just one of those that I if I was dying I wouldn't choose to personally I wouldn't choose to tell people the wrongs and rights and I'd rather just live it out and have the Best last whatever I had. Yeah. But. That's just me. Um, what's one thing you'd like to change about yourself? Um, <clears throat> I,
1: best, I, I guess the best way of <clears throat> putting it is my overall mindset. Um, I guess if I had to pick something individually. It would be how prideful I am. Because that hinders me from being able to keep myself mentally healthy. Um, I'm a very prideful person, and I don't like talking with other people about my problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't like sharing things that I feel I need help with. I don't like needing help at all, period. Uh, And I feel like being prideful in other ways also kind of keeps me from fully understanding situations and people. And I think that's kind of a bad thing, but I don't know. I'm just a prideful person.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because,
1: well, because I'm also I also like my pride in a way because because I'm, uh, because because
0: mm-hmm.
1: because 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 she was uh, a wonderful
0: wizard I lost.
1: Yep. Uh, because it, it. I'm trying to think of how to explain it. It also allows me to not care about what other people think of me because I'm secure in myself.
0: It's a strength thing that holds you back. Kind of.
1: Yeah, so there, there are good sides and bad sides of it, mm-hmm. and I just haven't been able to yet overcome the bad sides. I think for me... What was the question again? <laughs> what's one thing you would change about Okay, me? <laughs> I was like, I know I answered that, but what was the question?
0: <laughs> no, I think one thing I would definitely probably change about myself is that I, I would change how much I actually don't care. Mm-hmm because there's a lot of things that I want to say like I care so much about but I in in my mindset I try to simplify everything to the point where I just don't care Mm -hmm. so it hinders me because then I'm like oh well I'm just gonna stay home from work fuck it I don't really care there's some things where like I can see myself like mentally dropping back to like a dark place and I'm like fuck it I'm I don't care I'm still alive what does it matter so, it gets to the point where, like, I don't care so much that it's bad, but because I don't care, I'm not hurt by stupid things. Mm-hmm. So. We still have, like, half hour of questions to go. Yee! Y'all are learning some deep shit. Sorry. Yeah, we started out kind of, like, nice, and now, and now we're, we're just, just like... like- What do you hate about yourself? What do you love? What what would you change? And we're just like, everything. We are your best friends, guys. You know way too much. But if you ever meet me in person, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I am too, because I see you in real life. (laughs) I know I have this podcast with you, but it makes me sad. No, not really. I enjoy these. Oh, Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Uh, What would you do if you knew you could not fail?
0: If I knew I couldn't fail... Uh, on a bigger picture... I would, Everything I've held back. <laughs> right? <laughs> math. <laughs> ah, I would go to a math tournament. Now, if I knew I wouldn't fail, I would <sighs> change... On a bigger scale, I would say I would change some policies that we have just, like, within... The, like U.S. government? U.S. government okay. or, or, like, worldwide, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, a, like, a smaller scale, if I could do something and not fail... Um It would have to be write a book. Because I've always wanted to do that, and I've never been able to actually get that far or, by my standards, be good enough or, like, Mm. catch up with myself with it.
1: Which is weird to me. So uh, I have written a book before, Mm -hmm. and for those listening that didn't know that, Amber, of course, knows that. And you helped me write it because... I would like bounce ideas off of you and you would read it as I was writing it. Cause it was in a shared document mm-hmm. and you'd comment on it. So I'm not sure why you have issues because you pointed out like all the things that I would do wrong in my writing. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> so it's like you fundamentally see what you need to write. Mm-hmm. And I know that you recognize that. So I'm not sure where you have issues. <laughs> it's, because you say good ideas for like writing things too, so
0: for me it's easier. Like like I said, it's easier for me to speak and think it out and see you and like. I Maybe mean, you should things. get a microphone and you should hook it up to uh, your computer. Yeah, that. and for, speak into it and let it do your stuff. Yeah, um, but it's also the typing and I have the verbal pauses and I don't say things. Yeah, right. but that's
1: that's what the editing is for. Yeah, you know that the first version of a book is never <laughs> good.
0: good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like. To help people writing more than I like writing my own thing because I feel like bouncing ideas off of people is always my stronger suit rather than trying to mm-hmm. do it like well, I guess my way
1: so. well then why don't you do something sometime that's like giving somebody else your idea and talking with them and letting them write it out but having like the final say in it
0: yeah I kind of do that when you write a book, I, <laughs> not even going to um. lie, <laughs> when you write your books and you're kind of like, here, read this. I think about it and I think of where my mind kind of takes the story afterwards. And then yeah, like, and you help me with ideas with that. Yeah, too. And yeah. that's why I bounce ideas off of you to see what you think about my ideas. And then when you're like, well, I was thinking of this and then I'm like, okay. And I change what I'm thinking mm-hmm. and kind of go more towards that. And that's what I do when you're like, oh, this is a book. And I'm like, sounds really cool. What about this? And that's what my mind does. It takes Mm -hmm. all the tracks and kind of...
1: I still have to answer this question, don't I? Yeah. I don't don't know. Um, (laughs) If I could do something and not fail. Deep questions. That's actually what I think all of these are. Hmm. That's what I searched up. Um, There's there's a lot of answers because uh, it one in one way I would want to be able to tell my family all of my thoughts and Mm -hmm. opinions and feelings about things and about them and not be able to you know and not have a negative response like I know that they would have in real life Um, because I mean it's just in my in my character and personality I would rather tell somebody I hate them or that they hate me than allow it to be a lie and have like pretend that I like somebody or that Mm -hmm. they like me Mm -hmm. um but at the same time, I would probably do something that I would find amazing, like clown, like clown, climb, <laughs> like clown, like... climb Mount Everest, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go to a math tournament. That would just ruin my soul. And <laughs> I, I couldn't do it because I would hate it. So it would be something like that. Nice. Um <sighs>
0: What kind of parent do you think you'll be? Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> we've we've had a discussion like this somewhat. Um, I would like to say that just because of our generation and the way that we live now, that I'd be a very open and understanding, caring kind of parent. But I know at the same time, I'm going to be an annoying parent because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a lot like my dad. And I know that when I'm around my nephew and I'm, like, watching him, I parent a lot, like, the same way that my dad does. So I know that I'm going to have faults of being able to, like – I don't think I'm going to have troubles being able to listen to what they say or, like, being able to sit down and talk with my kid. But in understanding why they do things. Because it's it's a parent thing of wanting your child to do better than yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to understand sometimes why they self-sabotage – even though I've been a kid and I under like for me understand why I did things, it's hard to understand that in other people. So I think that's where I would lack.
0: Yeah, I think me as a parent.
1: And I think my first kid just me fucked up because I don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think for me as a parent, it. I want to be one of those parents where I would understand and be able to talk to my kid, but I know I'm gonna be one of those parents where I'm like, why, why do you do this? And I feel like. <laughs> That was
1: her kicking the desk.
0: (laughs) I feel like I'll be an okay parent, but one of those where we'll definitely, kind of like me and my mom, we'll have have our moments where it's like, I fucking hate you. Whether you're my kid or I'm your mom, I fucking hate you. (laughs) Okay. And I think it'll be both I think, ways. I think a lot
1: of parents and kids go through that, though, at least. Or, like, kid-wise. I think a Kid lot of wise. kids at some point in their life <laughs> are like, I fucking hate you, mom and dad. Yeah, and
0: I don't think it'll be because of something, like, I say or I'm embarrassing. I think it'll be generally one of those things where, like, one of us fucks up real bad. And we don't want to admit it or something like that. So Something you. like that or we fuck up so bad, like, emotionally to the other person that it's like, I fucking hate you. I feel like I'll be one of those where, like... We'll have had our ups and downs, but I'll still get to see my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll say it like that.
1: Did I answer that question? Yes.
0: Yes, you were the first one, too.
1: I know, but we've asked so many questions, yeah, but I'm like, what's just- happening? Did I participate in this? We're just having conversation at this point. <laughs> Who thinks you're beautiful when you wake up in the morning? You can count
0: me. Oh, so I sweet. don't see
1: you usually in the mornings, <laughs>
0: but you can count me in. <laughs> Uh Probably just you and my mom, since I don't really see anybody else when I wake up. So. Um,
1: I know that my dad does, because he, he loves me, and I know that like my siblings and my family do, and I know that my dog does, because he's stupid. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, uh, I think, for me, it's the people that count think that I'm beautiful and who I am. Yeah, so even if I fuck up a lot, (laughs) because I I do, I'm a human being, it happens more than I want it to, but it happens.
0: I'd say people around me, like the people who count, there are some days where they like see me and like see my actions, they're like, wow, you're a really good, like beautiful person. And there are some days where they see me and they're like, you're a monster. (laughs) Why are you like this? Because I mean, I make some decisions where they're like, it doesn't matter who you are. You're like, why the fuck would you do this? What is your problem? <laughs> and why? That's just, that's just who I am. And so there are some days where some people see me as beautiful and they're like, you are the ugliest person I've ever met, whether it's physically or as a personality. And that's just life. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> la 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 la, la 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 la. Uh, what's one thing that people always misunderstand about you?
1: <laughs> I think you know the exact thing I'm gonna say. Um, people are afraid of me or like perceive me in kind of a dangerous way more often than I would ever be. Um, <laughs> my friend Grace, we're pretty close, and she told me like a couple. Uh, a year. It, it was last year. We were doing something after school and we were talking. I don't remember how we got to this conversation, but she said, if I had any friend that would actually stab somebody legitimately, it would be you. And I was like, <laughs> why the fuck would you say that? And she's like, I don't know. You would just be like standing up for somebody or somebody would really piss you off and you would just stab them. I'm like, first of all, I would never do that, okay? Okay. Maybe, so if I were standing up for somebody and, they, like, they were physically, like, attacking, harming, like, I thought mm-hmm. they could attempt to kill us, yes, I would stab somebody. But otherwise, I'm not gonna <laughs> fucking stab anybody. <laughs> but, I mean, you've also told me that, like, when I walk through the halls, I seem like a really mean person.
0: Uh, it's just because your resting face is the thing. Is you I have don't a
1: very like resting it.
0: bitch face. Well, and the thing is, is <laughs> you almost come off. As if you would be an animatronic or, like, an android. Because you don't blink as much as other people. Oh, I didn't know that. I noticed that. Because I tend to blink a lot. Because when things come out my face, even if it's me, I blink. And I talk with my hands. So I blink a lot more. So when I look at you, you don't blink. Like, I've blinked, like, three times in this, like, entire (laughs) sentence. And you've only blinked once. So when I say, you just blink a lot less. Therefore, you seem more intimidating. Because when people look at you, they're... I am watching you. They're blinking and you're really not.
1: Side note to that, so I was in Taekwondo for a time, mm-hmm. and I was uh, sparring, so every Wednesday we would spar, mm-hmm. and the first time I ever sparred, my, he's called a master, it's weird, I don't like saying my master, yeah, but he, he just, was my master, he took me aside, and he was like, you are freaky when you fight, and I'm like, why? And he's like, you do not blink, like, you will not close your eyes, you stare them down and don't blink at all, mm-hmm. like the entire fight, and I'm like, I didn't know that, and he's like, it's really kind of freaking me out, and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that's what I noticed. I just, like, is, like, I don't want to close my eyes and then get punched in the fucking face. But that's why, that's what makes people intimidating. That's, like, if I really didn't blink, I, I would seem creepier to people. But I don't. It's I not that
1: don't I don't blink. blink. It's that I don't, like, my eyes don't dry out. I don't need to blink.
0: Yeah, that's why. It's just a natural thing that is more, kind of like when animals hunt, like, predatory animals, they don't blink as much. Whereas, like, birds and, like, squirrels and shit, they blink pretty often. They're like, uh,
1: prey animals, <laughs> I, well, I will say that when I'm in the halls, too, I, I think this is also something is that I look at people when they look at me, because I know in the halls that if you seem like a meek person, people are going to push you around mm-hmm. in the halls because they're just being stupid and stuff. And it's they're not like intentionally doing it, but it really freaking irritates me. Mm-hmm. So when I see people running through the hall, I immediately look up and I look at them and they like give me a wide berth. And I'm like, yeah, you better not touch <laughs> me. OK, I won't punch you, but I'll make it seem like I will. OK.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, whereas I, I will come I, after I, you. I feel like the people, what mis, like misconceive about me is people think I won't do anything. People think I'm a very like That's, soft person or like just a jokester or I'm funny. They do not know you then because
1: I have never had that perception of you. Mm-hmm. You are the one person in my friend group I actually think about what I do before <laughs> I do it because I know you could <laughs> do something back and my other friends <laughs>
0: won't. And that's the thing is, like, a lot of people misconceive that I won't do anything, but I am actually probably the person in my friend group that would stab someone. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> is like, that's the thing is, I may be short, and I'm, like, chubbier, and so, like, I look like a very soft person, like, I'm not really gonna do anything. But if you piss me off enough, and you're just an annoying little shithead, and I've told you to stop... I'll fucking hit you.
1: See, that's the thing is I would be willing. I would probably, like, if she had said get in a fist fight with somebody, I'd say, yeah, that's probably accurate. But, like, stab somebody? Probably not. Like, unless it were an extreme. But I could see you just stabbing somebody and being like, fuck you.
0: I could see that, too, seeing as I have a knife and a utilities knife in my bag. Well, I have several knives, but I I I don't usually carry them on me. I'm one of those people that, like, in flight or fight, I look like a person who's going to turn around and run, and I'm one of those that I will, like, pull out a fork, bless the gods for this meal, and chase you. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> like, well, I, do I seem like somebody that would fight instead of fly? I think you're, I don't think you would, like, be, a, like, a flight person out of that response. I think you're one of those people where you're, like, I'm going to try to reason reason this, and I feel like you would be more successful in reasoning Whereas I feel I'm not very good at that. So more
1: strategic, like like more strategic fighting, whereas you would just like, I'm just going to fight this person.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're more of those, like if I can defuse the situation, I will. And I'm one of those, okay, you've gone too far. I'm going to slap you with a desk. Because I've actually, (laughs) I'm one of those people that a lot of people are like, oh, well, you've never done, like you would never do anything. And I'm like, I threatened to rip somebody's braces off. I had to be held back in the hallway because I was going to deck this bitch in the face. I have actually threatened Wyatt Collins that I would slap oh him with the god, desk. Oh my god, yes. I, I've threatened just, so you many people. You just
1: should have. He kind of deserves it.
0: But yeah, I have definitely been very serious and been like, I'll fucking kill you. And people are like, no, you won't. And I'm like... See, my thing, and I think
1: hmm. this is where you underestimate me a little bit in that, hmm. is that I would defuse the situation because immediately after that, I would hit them. Yeah. No, so I, I think- would I would catch them off guard so that I could take the opportunity to, to hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> because like- you threaten me. You're going to best believe I'm not going to leave you in a situation to want to do it again.
0: Oh, yeah. No. No. That's why And I you've think- seen
1: that because I've done that to Harmony. Yep. But with her, I haven't talked. I just, like, picked her up because she's tiny. Yeah. If I'm in a situation I feel that I could be disadvantaged in, I'll do that.
0: Yeah. See, usually even if I'm at a disadvantage, like... I know how to I think use- by sure
1: like sheer rage you would just like set somebody they'd be like oh and then you'd like come at them so they then you'd have advantage cuz they'd be surprised
0: Well cuz the thing is is I even though I haven't taken, like, fighting classes. I think we spent, like, I've... ten minutes on this conversation. <laughs> I have actually wrestled people a lot bigger than me and pinned them and had them pinned. And they could try and fucking fix it. <laughs> I did just punch my computer. Um, but I, they would, like, try and, like, get me off of them. And I'm like, no, I actually almost made, uh, Do you know Braxton Bedsaw? Yes. Yeah. yes. I've actually pinned him and had him turning purple because I had him in a chokehold and I was like, I'll kill you. Oh my god. Because he wouldn't give me my phone back, and I was like, okay, I'll just suffocate you until you pass out and I get it back. And so I've pinned him, and I've pinned an ex of mine. Like, if you want to fucking fight me, bitch, get me on the ground and you're dead. (laughs) End of story. (laughs) Um,
1: Are you finding your dream job, or are you creating it?
0: I think a little bit of both, because my original dream job is I just wanted to take pictures and be a photographer and... Uh, work with animals and like make really pretty art that I didn't have to physically draw (laughs) because I can't. So Um, digitally edited. Digitally edited photos. Yeah. And uh, I kind of found kind of the job like that is in x-rays. And I really always thought the human anatomy was cool. So I'm still taking pictures in a way, Mm -hmm. but I'm also helping people while I do it. So I'd say, yeah, I'm kind of getting there.
1: Um, I'd say right now I'm more of finding my dream job, but I would like to be creating it. That, that's my answer. <laughs> See. Mm, next question. We're almost done. We have like uh, 10 more minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: what's the craziest thing you've ever done and would you do it again? Um,
1: craziest
0: thing I've ever done. To think of this too i'm like yeah right?
1: i've done a lot of weird things in my life so i'm trying to think like the craziest i almost went skydiving once uh i'm not afraid of heights but i'm very afraid of falling
0: same here i'll go high up the shit but if i'm like about to fall oof.
1: we are having issues <laughs> um mm. read the question again
0: what's the craziest thing you've ever done and would you do it again
1: The craziest thing I've ever done was, uh, I, it was in, yeah, it was in Moab, uh, which is in Utah, and it was, oh, what's it called? It's near Dead Horse Point, if anybody knows that, and it's like... Oh, it's something, like, heavenly in the name. It's something that's, like, uh, like Heaven's Road. Something. It's something that's something in like that, that connotation. And so it's one of the highest points there. And there's a place that you can walk out. And it's extremely windy. And there are no, Nets like, or railings problem. or anything. And a lot of people don't walk out. And... I was in, so literally, so I had a, like, shirt thing from Mexico that's kind of like a dress, and I just had, like, boy shorts underneath, and I literally just walked out. Uh, and so people were definitely seeing my underwear, and I was definitely just walking out onto a thin piece of rock that was more than hundreds of feet up from the ground in a lot of wind, just standing there looking out. <laughs> and I would do it again. Um <clears throat> I don't. I don't feel like that's the craziest thing I've ever done, but I think I can't think of anything else at the moment.
0: I think the more exciting thing I've ever done. I mean, I've been zip lining. I've been like. I was gonna say that as well, but like I that. don't think that's great. A lot of people do zip lining. Yeah, so. I think for me, I think the craziest thing I've ever done that doesn't mm-hmm. seem crazy to other people is we used to have a really big issue around the city I live in where people would go on the trail and there would be like hobos there or people would get snatched from there or like see people jerking off on the trail <laughs> and there was actually like a convict let loose around my city and i remember i got so mad at my mom and i just wanted to get back at her some way um and she would pissed me off and I, th- I wasn't afraid at all but i remember going and just walking on the trail really like late at night and being like yeah fuck you you know where I am and she was like come home and I was like no you've pissed me off I don't want to be home and so I went and walked out when they're like walked around town while there was just like dangerous people because I was like fuck you I feel like having adrenaline because I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna get snatched um but it's just like but would you do it again would I do it again probably not even gonna lie like did I learn my lesson did I get snatched no no (laughs) Did I... I, I'm an adrenaline junkie, so shit like that, like, I would go to an actual haunted house. Most definitely. Stay the night. Fucking yeah. I'll do that
1: with you sometime.
0: Hell yeah. I want to do all the craziest shit I can just because I want to say I can. So I'm one of those people, like, my brother was in uh, ROTC and he never finished it. And I'm such a competitive person with certain people that I was like, okay, I'm going to do ROTC, go all four years, and then be in the military because fuck you, you couldn't finish it. So, like... I do some crazy shit just to prove my family wrong. <laughs> not even gonna lie. Like, I ate a baby squid because my brother couldn't do it. And the eyeball popped in my mouth and it was gross, but I did it. Uh, what or who lights you up? Lights me up, like, on fire or, no? Like, makes <laughs> like me happy. Gives, gives,
1: not, I don't even think that that means happy. Like, I know what it would be for me. It's, it's like, uh, gives a very special good feeling for you? Like, what or who? Or um, both?
0: I would have to say my nephew and, of course, my best friend, you. Aww, um, those thanks. would be the two people that really, like, give me like a special feeling. I love being around them and they're, like, my favorite people. Um, I would say what? I don't know. My bed. My bed makes me <laughs> be happy. Oh. Gives me a special feeling of really good comfort and sleep.
1: I'd say what would be... Or my car. <laughs> my car. Would be, for one, the Smokies. So a place would be the Smokies. Um, what would be, like, hiking and exploring and traveling? And who would be, like, my family and friends? Because uh, they all kind of give mm-hmm. me that feel. I don't have a lot of friends because I choose the quality over quantity. Yeah
0: i don't know i don't really have a place yet because i haven't got to explore but i would say like oahu like the beachfront in the morning when i had nobody else awake that would be like there was a point in mexico
1: that like it felt so nice to just like peaceful there's like an inner peaceful
0: type feeling it's one of those that i was so happy to just be alone in the morning and i was just like it's one of, those words, one of those moments where I was like, I could live alone. I could just live alone with no people. See, that's
1: the thing is that as a person, I want to, like, have a relationship and I want to have kids. But in my future, I also see me leave, living alone in the middle of nowhere, living off the land. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what my life
0: entails. I feel. I don't know. It's one of those where I would love to probably live alone and maybe have that one, like, special person or, like, a friend or something like that. And just live a content life. Even though my job that I want is not definitely that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some times where I'm like, I wanna be a mom and I wanna like have a bigger family and live closer to people and I don't know. I could probably see myself not really even being a mom at this point and just living just living my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's your face, really up close. <laughs> uh what's been <laughs> What's been your biggest mistake so far in life and what'd you learn from it?
1: <laughs> I like that there's a lot of them. Like, that <laughs> like, I'm wait. going through a list and I'm like, which one's the worst? And have I learned anything from <laughs> it? <laughs> um, my biggest mistake in life is giving in or giving up to the thoughts that I know don't have a lot of credit or merit but that I don't feel good at the time Mm -hmm. and so I give them more credit than they deserve have I learned from that in a way um I feel like I'm not a happy person right now but I'm Mm -hmm. like better than I was like I'm in a better place But I I feel, and I I don't know if that's just a part of being an adult, but that there's always something better, like, just around the corner that I want to try and reach. So, I mean, I think in a way I've learned from it, but I also know that in the future there's going to be times where that kind of gets me again, and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of a part of living. So I think I've accepted it in a way and somewhat learned from it, but that I still have, like, a lot to go to fully learn from
0: that. Uh, I'd say my biggest mistake so far in life was probably trying to end my life I think that'd be my biggest mistake because there's so much in life that you can live for whether it's a big thing or a small thing and did I learn from it there are some days where I would say no and that I just there's a lot of shit that goes on in my mind that I'm like I just would rather just go back to that and there there are some days where I've learned from it and I'm pretty happy with where I am at life happy enough that I don't mind waking up the next day. And I'd say that I still have a long way to go, but it it seems like it's definitely getting brighter. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Okay, last question. How do you treat people who can do nothing for you? So there's no benefit to knowing them or like being
0: around them. I would say if there's no benefit, then, I mean, I don't treat them horrible. I would say I treat them with the situation that I'm given with them. But other than that, I would probably just not be around them.
1: Yeah, that's something that kind of bothers me is that I want to say that I can be a person that even if I like get nothing from them, could still enjoy being around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know that in some way, I wouldn't be the best person towards them. Just because I think it's kind of a societal norm. You Mm -hmm. hang out with people that, granted, do have some emotional, physical connection Mm -hmm. with you, but that you gain things from them. You gain that physical, emotional response. And if you don't really have that from somebody, then there's no point in being around them. And sometimes I've found that I think that I've found somebody that I can gain that kind of thing from. Like, Mm -hmm a friend or something and then I realize that I can't and they're kind of a shitty person and then I get upset because I'm like I've wasted my time with this idiot yeah. and then I act more like a douche than I should yeah. but I mean
0: I think with like I'm pretty indifferent I would say because part of me is like oh yeah well I'm getting nothing from you so it really doesn't matter and then part of me is like if you're gonna be a shitty person and I have no feeling towards you, I'm gonna treat you like a shitty person. But if you're overall a decent person, but I just really don't get anything, then I'll just be indifferent because it really doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, but that's like situational. respectful, but not like going out of your way to yeah. like hang out with them or anything. Yeah,
0: it's a very situational thing, though.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, so yeah, we're at 1:59. We're almost at two hours. We
0: have like 20 more seconds.
1: Yeah, so uh, this was our, again, this was kind of our 100 viewer. Uh, 100,
0: 200, whatever. Yeah,
1: special two hour video. Uh, currently we're at like 232. So, but yeah, that kind of just, it skipped us. Sorry, I kind we, of was supposed to be keeping an eye on it, and I just. Well, we also had
0: this thing where one day within an hour we had gained 15 people. So it really, yeah. it really can change in the blink of an eye. And so, I mean, we're sorry we missed like the actual scheduled thing, but I would say this is the first hour is your regularly scheduled 100 viewers and the second hour of us being open and actually doing like a kind of yeah, q and yeah. is um, our 200 viewer. Um, if we get further and farther, I can't say we'll be on time, but you'll see more of stuff like this. Yeah, I think definitely
1: though, it's, so we'll get better yeah our we don't necessarily have a schedule we take a day and we binge record mm-hmm. and then I take time editing that so that you get several videos
0: within a week or yeah within a month and sometimes or...
1: it's all at once so that then you have to like take the time to go and look through them because mm-hmm. they're all like an hour or so long uh so anyways it's kind of our fault for missing that sorry but this is our like makeup for that uh, to remind you again, we're working on our Patreon page, where eventually you will be able to uh, view some more uh, different videos, mm-hmm. and we're working on a YouTube cha- channel. You can sponsor us, again, at
0: anchor.fm.com. Um, that will also help us with getting the foam on the walls, getting it a little better sounding, maybe some yeah, more so equipment.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's not necessarily it's not that like you're funding... for fun- food. Yeah. You're funding us to be able to make this better for you. Yeah. Uh, so the money really that we appreciate yeah it. the money that we would earn would go back into like our set and that kind of thing so that we can make these vi- these uh, videos and podcasts better
0: yeah um once again thank you for listening thank you for listening to us ramble about yeah we're our very lives appreciative lives about that I know we overshare and accepting our oversharing because that's just who we are as people the weird like what's your favorite color. Just isn't really us. We already know that. Yeah. And at that point I feel like you wouldn't know us as well. You can paint a picture of us in our favorite color. Your favorite color is green though, right? Yeah.
1: I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about doing totally like I could stop talking now. Probably should. (laughs) But I was totally thinking about doing like a try and like we'll have questions and then both people like we'll both write an answer for the other and and like try and yeah
0: try and see who knows each other better maybe for a
1: different video (laughs) i feel like i'd fail at that though
0: maybe for you okay dude, same so this was justifiable thank you so 10 11 ish something like that thank you you for listening listening Bye. bye